Igniting Hope Ministries welcomes you. Prepare yourself to listen to a message that will spark hope and renew your mind. Hi, Steve Backlin here from Igniting Hope Ministries. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. The title of today's message is Five Ways to Overcome Pessimism. Let me start with a humorous thing here. An optimist sees the best in the world while a pessimist sees only the worst. An optimist finds the positive in the negative, and a pessimist can only find the negative in the positive. For example, an avid duck hunter was in the market for a new bird dog. His search ended when he found a dog that could actually walk on water to retrieve a duck. Shocked by his find, he was sure none of his friends would ever believe him. He decided to try to break the news to a friend of his, a pessimist by nature, and invited him to hunt with him and his new dog. As they waited by the shore, a flock of ducks flew by. They fired and a duck fell. The dog responded and jumped into the water. The dog, however, did not sink, but instead walked across the water to retrieve the bird, never getting more than his paws wet. This continued all day long. Each time a duck fell, the dog dog walked across the surface of the water to retrieve it. The pessimist watched carefully, saw everything, but did not say a single word. On the drive home, the hunter asked his friend, Did you notice anything unusual about my dog? I sure did, responded the pessimist. Your dog can't swim. (laughs) Oh my, that gets a little bit of our laughs in for today. You know, this whole um, message and thinking about pessimism and uh, pessimism is the tendency in our lives to, or inclination to emphasize adverse aspects, conditions, and possibilities or to expect the worst possible outcome. That's what pessimism is. Now, you know, my dad was pessimistic by nature. He, he went through the Great Depression. And in that, I, I believe it, it caused him to get some great qualities in his life of, uh, of hard work, of saving. And, and yet it did create a pessimistic bent in him where he, he would tend not to want to get his hopes up too much. Now, you know, and, and I know that as, as we talk about this and, you know, we need to be resilient. And I think it's really important to understand, you know, what true hope is. And I like to say this, faith without hope is weird. It's, uh, it can actually be damaging uh, at times, faith is more specific. Hope is more general. Faith says God's going to do it that way. And certainly there's times where we got to believe for specific things. But hope is an overall optimistic attitude about the future that isn't specifically focused on one thing happening. Uh, but it's, it's an overall perspective of believing good things are happening. Hope is the safety net for when, when what we're believing for in faith does not happen, we still know that, that we have a future and a hope. And certainly, let me say this, just we're not going to be uh, optimistic about every decision that every person around us is making. You know, if we see loved ones making poor choices or not considering uh, the past and, and, and maybe a relational choice, 
we're optimistic about people in general, but just because we have great beliefs about people, for example, doesn't mean everybody has equal opportunity or equal access, un, equal opportunity under us or equal access to us. And then we may not be optimistic about someone's proposed financial decision that they're making. But that's, those are specific areas of wisdom that where our, our, our belief and our faith in those areas, we, we just say, you know what, I, I, I don't believe you're ready for that. Or I've, I've got a caution here. That doesn't mean you're not optimistic or doesn't mean you're not hope filled. Sometimes there's just there's a wisdom there. Obviously, we need to evaluate that, whether that's a tendency that we, we always see gray black. And, and I, I believe God will, will help us um, in that. Now, even in the great uh, quoted passage of Jeremiah 29, 11, which is so, so good. It says, for I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. That great hope passage is spoken to the Israelite people after they have been taken into captivity. Verse 4 of Jeremiah 29 says this, Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all who were carried away captive, whom I have caused to be carried away from Jerusalem to Babylon, build houses and dwell in them, plant gardens and eat their fruit, take wives and beget sons and daughters. And, and it goes on, and uh, that you may be increased there and not diminished and seek the peace of the city where I have caused you to be carried away captive and pray to the Lord for it, for in its peace, you will have peace. And then it goes on a few verses later to say that great passage of, of uh, uh, my thoughts are for a future and a hope for you. And so this is so powerful. The context of that is after you've experienced some disappointment in your life and you're captive to things you don't want to be captive to or you're, you're in a place in life you didn't expect and you don't want to be there. It says even in that, there, there, there's a future and a, a hope. And today as we, as we just talk about overcoming pessimism, overcoming that the apprehension that bad is going to happen. Understand this. There's really, there's two ways to live. We can live a hopeless, pessimistic life and never be disappointed. Or we can live a hope-filled, optimistic life and experience occasional disappointments. Hebrews 10.23 says, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. So let me just give you five ways to overcome pessimism. Number one is just to recognize it. <laughs> you know, sometimes we don't even know it's there. Sometimes we don't even know we have it. Sometimes we just think we're being constantly being realistic in a in a in a situation and just 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 recognizing it i like to say this our hope level is the indicator of whether we're believing lies or truth so if we don't have a lot of hope overall optimism we're believing lies romans 15 13 says now may the god of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so the moment we believe truth is the moment that 
we're going to get out of pessimism. Number two, know its source. Know its source. And just said, you know, our beliefs is its source. Pessimism, a, a negative bent towards life, a negative expectation is rooted in believing lies and not rooted in believing truth. Number three is understand it is a great enemy. Understand it is a great enemy. We think about, okay, what's the, what's the enemies that we need to defeat? It says in Ephesians 6, 17, take up the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. You know, and it's called a sword because we're supposed to kill something with it. Kill victim mindsets, kill discouragement, kill unworthiness. But one of them is pessimism, going after the root of of pessimism within our lives. You know, the example in Numbers 13 where Moses sends out 12 spies to spy out the promised land and they're there for 40 days. They come back. They break up into two groups of people. One was the 10 spies. One was Joshua and, and Caleb. Two groups of people saw the exact same set of circumstances and put a different conclusion on what they saw. So the circumstance isn't as important as the conclusion that you're making. You, you know, what, what you're observing in your nation isn't as important as the conclusion that you place on it. And the 10 spies had a pessimistic conclusion. And it actually cost them greatly. And so no, understand it is a great enemy. Fourthly, attack it with truth. Attack pessimism with truth. You just, once we, faith comes by hearing, Romans 10, 17, we get the truth. The truth makes us free, John 8, 32. And we start saying it. You know, it can just start off with as simple as this is going to be a great day. When I wake up pretty much every day, I say that. This is going to be a great day. This is a good day. And the moment I say that, that pessimistic thing that wants to get on me or wants to stay on me, I feel, it has difficulty staying on me. Then you just get the promises of God in your mouth. It's the key to overcoming pessimism. Again, Hebrews 10, 23, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful. The more I believe he's faithful is the more I'm going to talk hope. I'm not into positive thinking. I'm into biblical optimism. And then number five is set others free from it. You know, on this journey of overcoming our own giants, when we start making place to help others overcome it, it helps us. You know, one of the reasons I do these podcasts and I I do blogs and I teach what I teach is because I get to hear this all the time because I need it so badly. (laughs) I don't teach this message because... I don't battle the things that that I teach. I I teach them because I do, and I have. I've made progress. But as I share with others, whether in this format, small groups, in in other ways, it helps me. Wow. And Hey, I'll give you a bonus one, too. Number six. Here's a bonus. 
just take care of yourself. Take care of yourself. Get enough rest. Eat right. Drink water. Laugh. The, the, you know, just exercise. Take walks. Whatever you're doing in those areas, just take a step of increase. Because when we take care of ourselves, it's easier to have better beliefs. Wow. Hey, thanks so much for listening to this podcast from Igniting Hope Ministries. Five ways to overcome pessimism. Recognize it. Know its source. Understand it's a great enemy. Uh, Attack it with truth. Set others free from it. And the bonus one, take care of yourself. Wow, wow, wow. You're not a 10 spy person. You're a Joshua and Caleb who sees, who sees great opportunity in every problem. There's always a solution. Hey, remember from Igniting Hope Ministries, we're here to ignite your hope. There's no hopeless circumstances. There's only hopeless people. Once people get true hope, circumstances cannot stay the same. Hope is an unstoppable force. If something's going to change, somebody's becoming optimistic, unreasonably optimistic. God loves to partner with people who are unreasonably optimistic. And our hope level determines our influence level. And remember, the joy of the Lord is your strength. We don't need joy at the end of the battle. We need joy in the middle of the battle. It's our strength. There's no convenient season to walk in joy. Pretty much for everybody listening today, today is just not a good day to walk in radical joy. (laughs) But I need it today. It's my strength. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to stir it up. I'm going to stir it up with all the uncertainties, with all the things going on in my life. Thank you, Father, that you're my strength. Hey, God bless you. Thanks so much for listening to this podcast. Steve Backlund here, Igniting Hope Ministries. Uh, And remember, check out our website, ignitinghope.com. We've got beliefs assessment, empowerment assessment, spirit awareness assessment. Plus, you can see where we're going and travel. Sign up for our newsletter. It'll, It'll keep you aware of what's happening with us as well. Hey, God bless you. We hope that you have been blessed by this message. For more resources, you can visit our website at ignitinghope.com.